Hey guys, really quick before we start the show, there's two ways you could support this show, and you can do them both by going to ComedyLOL.com. The first one is there's an Amazon link at the top of the page there, ComedyLOL.com. You do all your shopping, and it helps us out. We get a portion of that. And then you can click Donate, and then give us some money. Please enjoy. What? Hear what I say. We are the business today. Function is finished today. RT and J. We the new PB and J. We dropped the classic today. What? We did a tablet of acid today. The choice with the matches and ashes away. Hey. We dash away. Donna and Dixon, the pistol is rattling away. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Brandon Bonanza. I am, Brand- I am Brandon, if I can remember my name. And this is my Bonanza. And today. We are sitting again, once again, with the wonderful Pat Oates. You might know him from the Pat Oates is Sad, Sad podcast, which I am also on. Uh, you might know him from his stand-up. You might know him from his Laugh Staff articles. Anything Pat Oates you need, you can go to patoates.com to find... Hello, Pat Oates. How are you? Hello, Bonanza, which you almost called yourself. You're like, Bonanza. I am Bonanza, and this is my brand. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, uh, so... Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge sometimes to speak, but uh, we do it here. It's our job. Um, anyway, um, last time I had you, we were speaking about what you do at your Laugh Staff articles and uh, how you help people out. And I didn't wasn't want to get on. I didn't want to get into this on that episode, but I want to get into it now. Which is, what's it like to help these people? Because before you start, I just want people to know if you don't know a lot about comedians, um, if you ever go to an open mic and there's comedians there, you know we're all a bunch of lovely people, but some people could be a little bit. Uh, tough to deal with, I guess, or a little bit more than others. And so, Pados, how do you find dealing with all these comedians? Well, the way you're trying to say it, you're saying it nicer than I would. <laughs> to be a comedian, you have to be selfish, and I've said that many times. But like, it really is true. And you can say, well, you know, like I'm a father, and I'm not a selfish person when it comes to like my children and things like that. But in the world of comedy, you have to be selfish to believe that your thoughts and ideas should be listened to while no one else speaks. Everything you think of should be projected through a microphone to an audience, and all, their only responses should be laughter and applause. And if they talk at all, you can make them <laughs> leave the room. That's a selfish mindset that we're all working on and trying to perfect. We're all at an open mic, 20 people, all waiting our five minutes to say our wonderful thing, and then basically ignoring the other 19 people while while you know they're up there because we're like, I can do it better than them. They don't know about thick jokes. I know about thick jokes. So the problem is when we're sitting in our own minds and writing our own jokes and do, coming up with our own creative things, like anything else you do in life, if you're a sculptor, you're proud of your sculptures. If you're, you're a painter, you're proud of your paintings. If someone comes over and goes, ah, you could have done this or that, whatever, they might be correct, but because it was your blood and sweat and tears, you take it personally. Mm-hmm. Some people have tr- want feedback, but they don't realize that the feedback might not be what they think it is, which is it's kind of funny if you think about it, because if they knew what the feedback was going to be, then they wouldn't need the help. Mm-hmm. So it's they're, they're open-minded to the question, but a lot of them are closed-minded to the answer. And I try to be very, you know, I don't try to make the jokes about me. When I walk, listen to someone's set, I, I listen to it from their point of view. I don't try to add... Oh, this is what I would do in my second. That's not fair. It's not my jokes. It's not what I would do. Mm-hmm. But there are people that are open to it. A lot of them, um, especially the ones who pay me. A couple people actually pay me to like tutor and help. They're more open because they put an investment in. So they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing this because I want to get good. But I, I help out a lot of people. Just if they, like I said, they just most people they just message me, whatever. I'll help out. I'll watch a video, do whatever. But some people will do that, and then when you send back the info, they they get real defensive and real butthurt and. Um, 
it, it's hard because then you want almost want to get mad, mad at them. Like you made me fucking listen to your fifteen minute set. Yeah, you made me sit there, and and I didn't I didn't take it half assed. I I took it very seriously. You said it to me. You want me to help you. So for for I I watched it like a coach watching game film, or I listened to it. Like usually, if someone has me a ten minute set, it takes me an hour to listen to it. Because I'm literally going through the lines. I'm stopping. I'm pausing. I'm writing notes. I'm stopping. And then so I can build a whole. I send like a whole fucking synopsis. I just, I said you. Know, I, I don't let anybody do it through text or Facebook Messenger. It has to be through email mm-hmm. because I want to send the whole thing back. Because I want to give you something to read and take your notes in and play with. Now I'm not saying that everything I say is right. But if I was looking at their set, this is what I would do. I would omit this or streamline this or change this. And then people are like, no, no, no. But that's how it works. I'm like, well, I just listened to it. Not work like. So it's a I I'm a, I have a trained ear for it. You said before, like you know, we talked about writing this and that. But I also booked a comedy club, to a comedy club for years. So not only did I have to be able to perform on stage, but I had to know what was funny, who was good, so I could hire people. So I mean, it's one of the few things I'm kind of trained at doing. And you you sometimes have asked me for advice on things, and you don't get butt hurt because you know I'm trying to help you. That's the mm-hmm. thing is like I'm not there to like, haha, your joke stinks. Giving you advice, but you don't have to take it. Mm-hmm. You ask for it. You can say thank you for the advice, but you know I'm going to go this direction or whatever. But just, it's so funny how close-minded they get. It's like you wanted that. I didn't grab you. Like I've done that. You've been there. I have grabbed people and said, "Oh man, that joke was great." Except if you did this or this, like get the fuck away from me. I don't want your help. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I at that point, you realize you're being a lunatic. So yeah, but so. I. But it's my addiction. Yeah. yeah. Like, most people don't. People around here know me. <laughs> but like, if you've asked me to help you, don't be shocked at my help. I mean, just realize it's, it's going to be – it can be anything. So why are you shocked? And I help out all kinds of people. Like, so it's weird. Like some people tell me – I've had women tell me, well, that's because you're coming from a man's point of view. I'm like, I'm not coming from a man's point of view. I'm coming from a comedian's point of view. And you mm-hmm. should also be coming from a comedian's point of view. Well, Pat, I'm younger and you're older. Like, so it's humor. It's, I'm not coming back with an answer about, you know, when I was a kid, I we had like Winnebago's or whatever the hell older people <laughs> do. I don't know. But it, it's just odd that – once I give, when they ask the question, I'm just the old wise man who can help anybody. But when I give the answer, I'm not, you know, I'm looking at it through one point of view, and they're right. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's why you stink. Yeah, so they're <laughs> they're probably just using it, I guess, maybe as an excuse to uh, defend their way. Now, I, I when nobody were, wants to hear that there's their whatever they did isn't good. Yeah, that's. And I'm not saying it's not good. If someone's not good, I literally answer and say, I don't even want to review this. It, it, you're just not funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep but working. I I help, but if I if I help someone, it's because I see that they have some potential there. But sometimes it needs to be steered the right way, and sometimes we don't understand that things aren't relating. We think it is in our head, but we don't realize that we're we have clutter words and we have things that you know bog the mind down for the audience, so they can't take in everything. And I just try to. A lot of times, my suggestions are just omitting a lot of things. That's mostly what I tell people. If it's a two minute bit, I'm like, oh, that bit should be forty five seconds. But I need this and this and this. I'm like, then I show them how they don't need it. And people that do listen go, wow, that really worked. But some people go, you don't fucking know. I'm like, I, mean, I don't fucking know. But I do know that no one's laughing at that fucking two-minute bit. So either choose something to it, even if it's not my advice, or stop telling the fucking bit. Because it's two minutes people want back. So when you first started, do you feel that you, and I know you've heard, I've heard you say this, where you had a bit that was really long, and now you use it, but it's like cut down to maybe three words or like one quick, uh, quick statement. But I also have one bit that was two minutes, and now it's an 11-minute bit in my set. Mm-hmm. So 
you're not always ready to tell jokes. Like you have it, you can think of a joke, but you might not be ready to tell it yet because you're not that person on stage. We all evolve and change as comics. But yeah, I think the best way for any comic, if a young comic is out there right now and it's like, I'm not getting the, I'm not getting showcases yet. I'm not getting the work I want. I'm not getting out of my jokes what I want. Take your five minute set that you do. Take each joke that's in the five minute set, and just cut each joke into three lines. A describer, a premise, a punch. That's it. Just pull everything out. Just do it like that. Go on stage one day to open mic and just do those lines. You're going to be like, Pat, was up five minutes now. It's only two. Yeah, don't worry about the fucking time. Just whatever the jokes are, do those three lines each. So Sometimes you'll go, wow, that worked. Sometimes you go, oh, there's not enough there. But at least now you're learning. Bare, strip it down to its bare bones because you you put so much shit around it, you think this joke needs all this stuff and you realize it doesn't. And you'd rather just get a ton of laughs than only a couple laughs and fill time. It's it's, it's all quantity, quantity, not quality. I mean, quality, not quantity is what you want. Mm-hmm. So it, it's go ahead. No, no, no. Go. I was just gonna say that I I think what happens is a lot of these younger comedians they just want they want to have time. They want to be able to say they have time. Like they want to be able to say they have fifteen or twenty minutes. I think maybe is what it is. Well, it's you know what it is. It's it's comedy's fault because when they come in, the first thing everyone says is everything's all your pay, your currency is time. It's like, I go to an open mic, what, what, what do I do here? Well, you get five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, you light it for, don't go over your time. This is the time you get. Oh, um, I get to host a show. If you want to host a show, it's 15 minutes. Oh, you want to do a guest spot? It's seven minutes. And everything is just taught to you in time. So you're like, you don't even think about, like, it has to be good. You're like, well, I need a five-minute set, and I need to talk for 15 minutes so I can be this level. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, you need good, well-crafted jokes that work. If we just told people, listen, you can get a guest spot, but I only have two good jokes. Yeah, but they're two really good jokes. We don't mind putting you on stage. But people won't do that because it's all about time. Mm-hmm. And we should we should stop thinking of it as time. It, yes, it needs to last a certain amount of time because a comedy club or a comedy show needs to put on a certain amount so girls can put those checks out and get them back in and people can entertain themselves and have a good time. But at the end of the day, we, we get caught up in time. Time becomes our paycheck. For the first couple of years, you don't get paid. You're just getting paid with stage time mm-hmm. so i think that's the problem they come in right away going i need to have this time so i don't have it so i better i better make this joke longer if or i just do crowd work and start yelling at people or i go off on a rant or i just say this again whatever i can do 10 minutes but what do you have that's good if i put a gun to your head and said you your, your family all dies and you die unless you make me laugh and you start going well have you guys ever seen bonanza like no it's like <laughs> boom you're done like you just get to the fucking part is the and you're like does the joke you have anything to do with bonanza well no but i like that show like, boom again here you go all your family's dead just give me what i need get to the funny and that's the easiest advice i can give everybody get to the funny and then when you start doing more time and you start becoming learning how to tell a story and keep people's attention then you start adding more describers and adding little filibusters and things like that that work. But at the beginning, just fucking cut it down. It's like soup. You don't take a soup, throw a million ingredients in, and go, ah, oh, this shouldn't have had carrots. Then you pull it out. You know <laughs> it's what I mean? too late then. You just put the bait, you, you put the, the broth in, mm-hmm. and, and then you start adding things a little at a time until it gets better and better and better because you learn from where And you, at one point, you might go, huh, I just want the broth right now. It's just fucking broth. Brilliant soup analogy, Pat Oates. I love it. All right, we're going to take a break really Souping quick. Souping it up. Souping it up. We're going to take a break really quick, and I'm going to talk to you guys about how we can help the show out. You could go to comedylol.com, click on the Donate tab, and send us money. Yeah, send us money. And if you send us over $5, I will actually take a suggestion of what we should do a show about. And maybe if you suggest a guest, somebody local, I'll, even if he's not, maybe I'll try to get him. 
So you can go to ComedyLOL.com, click on Donate, and then the other way you can help is also by going to ComedyLOL.com. Click on the Amazon link, do all your shopping on Amazon, and helps us out. It does not cost you an extra dime. All right. Back with Pat Oates. Um, so we talked about how people can uh, make themselves funnier and better and shorten down. We've gave, You gave a lot of great advice. Now, I, I want to ask you something a little different. So have you ever felt when you were starting with comedy and somebody else was trying to help you and you weren't listening to what they had to say? Do you ever find yourself in that situation? You know what? Uh, no. I think it's because I started when I was older. Mm-hmm. I think if I started when I was in my early 20s, I wouldn't have listened to anybody. I wasn't the kind of person that would have listened to anybody. I was married at the time. I was so I'm 43. So I started around thir- when I was 33, and I didn't know what I was doing at all. The first time I ever did comedy was like, well, a buddy of mine tricked me into being into a contest. So even when I did it and I won this dumb contest for no reason, I was like, I won, but I have no idea what I just did. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like somebody goes to a basketball game, and they're sitting in the audience, and someone goes, uh, ticket number 847, come on the half court, <laughs> and if you fling this basket in, in, from half court, you win a million dollars, and you hit the fucking basket, and you're like, okay, and everyone's like, oh, you should play for the Knicks. Like, no, I, 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 I did one thing once, but I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to play. Mm-hmm. So I went to open mics right away, and then watched comics who I'd never heard of, because before that, I'd only known people that were on TV, famous people. So I watched comics I'd never heard of going on stage, and even if there was 10 people, getting their attention, learning. You know, I was watching how they you know, commanded the stage and things like that, and the first two people that ever gave me advice were two people I watched my first time. So I think because of that, they I was like, these guys don't need to come up to me. They saw me, why, Artie Rob and, and uh, Rodney Norman were the first two people ever to come up to me and say anything. And they both did, and it was I was like, wow. And uh, another guy who doesn't do comedy anymore, Steve Nagel. From, uh, he's from radio and uh, Western Mask, Rock 102. He was doing comedy at the time, and he also gave me advice. And um, I respected him because he was putting on shows at the time too. So I was like, always, I was like, people come up to me. Now, I didn't always take the advice, but I always listened mm-hmm. to the advice. There were some people who might come up and say, yeah, you should just do this. And I'm like, I thought about it. I would look at it and go, okay, that doesn't fit me or maybe this kind of thing worked for you. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't fit my mindset where I am. But I listened to it and I looked back to see if it did fit with me. I never just poo-pooed it. You know what I mean? And Rodney Norman's the one who said to me the, the first day I ever did comedy, he gave me advice about, you know, basically about being myself on stage. It, was just, it wasn't a big deal what the advice was. But a week later, what, I forget exactly what he said, but I did it, I guess, whatever it was, a week later. And he came up to me and said, uh, I said, hey, bye, bye, thank you. I used your advice. He goes, yeah, I saw that. And uh, if you ever need anything, let me know. I'm like, people must love when you do that. He goes, well, that's a thing I do. Um, if I see a young comic, I go up out of nowhere, and I just give advice. And if they tell me kind of to fuck off or just dismiss me because they don't know who I am, I never, I, I'm never rude to them, but I don't give them advice anymore. Mm-hmm. And if someone does take my advice, I'll help them for the rest of my life. And I was kind of like, I like that. It's kind of comedy, pay it forward. And I wanted to start doing it. So when I run up to people, I'm kind of channeling my inner Rodney Norman. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't know that, that guy ran two huge comedy clubs in Utah. And that he's opened up for David Tell. And he's opened up for uh, Paulie Shore. And he's, and he's worked down with guys like Ryan Hamilton. And he, he so much wealth of comedy. They thought he was just some goofy guy wearing a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt looking like George Bush. And he just ran up and he gave me great advice. And, and for this day, I can talk to him about anything. Now he tells me that he should be asking me for advice. Cause, <laughs> but I think he's great. He's a fantastic. But, like, yeah. So, I guess, long story short... I never turned it away. I never said no to it. Uh, even if it was somebody that wasn't, I didn't care what their level was. Someone even who's like a, a year in now, if they watch my set and then said, "Hey, I have an idea," 
I'm going to listen because they listened. They paid attention. So mm-hmm. if, they pay, if, if they can pay attention and, and they got invested in it, it means I'm doing something right and then they want to help tweak it because I related to them. So why would I not listen to that? You know, it's like, Yeah, I, I, that's, those are all great points. Now, if say there's a young comedian who's listening right now and he's the kind of person who is, uh, when somebody gives him advice, like say you were going to give advice, he'd be, he'd be put off by it and he'd let it hurt his feelings and it would bother him. Well, he's not listening then. And he's heard all this so far. <laughs> he's too busy telling everyone how fucking great he is. <laughs> yeah. And he's putting up posters for his big show where he's headlining and there's 10 people in front of him and it costs 25 bucks. Yeah, he's not listening. All right, so I guess we won't have to worry about those people. But it's like, so if Pat Oates was, if you were 20 and you started comedy, what would you say to yourself now, you know, as far as, other than what you said, you said a lot of great things, but what could you say, do you think, uh, to get through that? Somebody who is like kind of thick skinned and like, you know, maybe they are listening and they do take a little bit of advice, but it, it still will bother them. I don't think you can. I, I, I would like to have that answer. I could say, you say this thing, it'll help them. I think you have to be receptive, you have to be open to. Criticism. You have to be open to people. Shit, on our live shows, we do that thing where I'm kind of forcing young comics to do that, where we have them go on stage, do a five minute set, and then we critique them. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a certain fucking amount of balls to go on there and go. You're gonna record it, put my my set that I'm new. You're gonna put my set on your podcast so people can hear it, and then you're gonna like might say terrible things about my set. <laughs> so. A person that wasn't open-minded wouldn't do that unless they were so delusional. They're like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to be on this guy's podcast. There's those people. Mm-hmm. But I can't help that guy because he's not – doesn't know how to listen. He's also not going to be that good. He'll, he'll, he, might, he might do okay for times. He's never going to be good. But I guess the only advice I can give that person is, hey, you know, get over yourself, A, and B, realize that comedy is – I even hate the saying comedy's a, a marathon, not a sprint because marathons end. Comedy doesn't end. Comedy, you just – if, if it ended – why would Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle and Jerry Seinfeld still make specials? Yeah. Why would Ellen DeGeneres be making a special? Because you can't stop. Once you start, you can't fucking stop. Yeah. But if people can help you along the way to make you better so you can get to that next spot, that next show, that next thing, to make that joke a little bit tighter, a little better, a little more relatable, why would you not take the advice? So sometimes, you know, stop being like a guy in the 50s who won't pull over and ask for fucking directions. <laughs> ask for fucking directions. You know what I mean? What's the you got your wife in the car saying fucking ask for directions. He's like, "I'm fine. I know how to talk about my dick." It's like, no one's relating to your dick. Talk about your kids. And it's like, "All right." And then he finally does and then he gets to the right location. So all right, great Directions advice. and soup are my two big things. Now. Awesome. Thank you, Paddles, for being uh, with me again on Brandon Bonanza. Anything, um, how can people find you, and would you like to talk about First of all, donate to Brandon. Yeah. What's the best nation in the world, Brandon? Donation. Donation. Give me a dollar, motherfucker. Yeah. A homeless guy said that to me in New Haven years ago. It was great. Um, <laughs> how can people find your stuff? Paddles.com um, for all my uh, for, for podcasts, for my articles, for my, my comedy schedule. Um, follow me on Facebook. It's Pat Oates. Uh, Twitter, it's Pat underscore Oates. I guess there's a better Pat Oates going around. The same thing on Instagram. Find me on all those things. All right, great, guys. Uh, You can find me at ComedyLOL.com or Brandon at ComedyLOL.com. Until next time. Yeah.
here, so I be sublime. It's enjoyable to know you in the concubines. Niggas, take off your coats. Ladies, act like gems. Sit down. Indian styles, you recite these hymns. See, lyrically, I'm Mario Andretti on the Momo. Ludicrously speedy or infectious with the slow-mo. Heard me in the 80s, JV's on the promo. And I never end the quest to get the paper on the caper. But now, let me take it to the queen side. I'm taking it to Brooklyn side. All the residential questers who invade the air. Hold up a second, son, cause we almost there. You could be a black man and lose all your soul. You could be white and blue, but don't prep the road. See, my shit is universal if you got knowledge of Dolo or Delta self. See, there's no one else who could drop it on the angle. Acute at that. So, do that, do that, do that, that, that. Come on. Do that, do that, do that, that, that. Do that, do that, do that, that, that. 